2: Hey, it's Ethan Skolnick for the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Make sure to check out all of our new content on FiveReasonsSports.com. We're going to have new trade stuff that's going to be constantly updated as things happen. Also, expecting trade pieces from Greg Sylvander and Nikaias Duncan. And even, I think he's going to get to it too, even our Alex Alito is going to be writing up something for you as well. So check out FiveReasonsSports.com. The only, that's right, the only all-free website in this market. But before we get to today's episode, I want to tell you about one of the great sponsors of the Five Reason Sports Network, and that's Cervani Men's Custom Clothier. How frustrating is it to shop for dress clothes? You can never seem to find the right fit, the right color, the right style. Maybe you feel like you never know what to wear or how to wear it. So do what I did. Go talk to Blanca over at Cervani Men's Custom Clothier in South Miami, her private showroom located right across from Sunset Place on Red Road. I know how difficult it is to park down there. It's not difficult to park near her office for whatever reason. Servani has been designing fine custom-made clothing in South Miami for over 30 years. Your custom-made suits, pants, shirts, and shoes will fit you just the way you like. I picked up a few shirts, three sports coats, which I've been rotating, and uh, now I'm thinking "Eh, maybe I need some more, Uh, and a whole bunch of other stuff. So schedule a private consultation with Blanca to start looking your best and get the benefit of a female's perspective on men's fashion. Give her a call at 305- 310-2085 310-2085 That's 305-310-2085 Nothing fits like custom tailor clothes Stop buying off the rack
3: Welcome to Five on the Floor A Miami Heat and NBA podcast I'm Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, A.K.A. Al 954 Brought to
1: you by the 5 Reasons Sports Network
2: All right. Welcome back to today's episode. Apologize for my voice. Um, As you may know, there's something going around right now. And when you have a five and a half year old, sometimes you catch it. So I will try to get through this and then turn it over to Alf and to Alex. We're gonna have both of them on this podcast, Alf on Sydney and Alex Toledo. This is a pre-trade deadline podcast and we reserve the right, Alf, to do some others because things happen quickly. So if you know the Heat make a trade or somebody in their division makes a trade or conference that's important relevant to them we'll get into it there was one trade yesterday before we get to the heat um your thoughts on the four-team trade that sent robert covington to houston clint capella to atlanta something to minnesota i guess malik peasley i guess it was uh and then i can't even remember the fourth oh denver uh denver picked up (coughs) i think a first round pick uh from houston Does this move the needle for anybody in any way?
4: Um, I think it moves the needle backwards for Houston. I really don't understand what they're doing. Um, Clint Capella in a division, in in a conference that you're trying to beat the Lakers and the Clippers. I don't understand how Clint Capella is expendable, especially with the size of the Lakers. Um, Maybe you try to small ball them to death, but can you do that for 48 minutes? I mean. Like I understand that the 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 modern day cent, the 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 modern day center has to be a stretch, a stretch five, but there is still something to be said for rim protection, rebounding, and size. I just don't understand. I really don't. I don't get what they're doing as far as Clint Capella is concerned. Um, I know the money is a concern, but they've. I mean we're like, we, we've talked about the rockets in the past, right? Mm -hmm. It's like they're constantly taking money off of a credit card and hoping they can pay it back later. And now I feel like it's catching up to them. They, I don't see how they can be contenders in the West without a legitimate five um, and midsize.
2: And I I think what you said, I think the credit card finally came due. Um, Their owner basically said that, you know, they didn't want to pay tax. Uh, like they've been paying tax. And so, uh, you know, this hits with just about every franchise. What's funny about it is it was their general manager who's created the financial problems in the NBA right now with the comments, which comments I agree with, by the way. Uh, But, you know, his comments uh, when everything was going on earlier this year about China. And so, you know, it's funny because he's the one that basically has cut the cap down. um, And and now we have their owner who basically said, I don't want to spend any more money. I do think what's interesting about Capella is Think of where we were a year ago where our upside comparison for Bam Adebayo was Clint Capella, right? I, mean, what, I was what right? to say that. I was right. going to say that. Right. Wasn't that what we were talking about? Yeah. If, if Bam can be Clint, and, and I kept saying, well, actually, if you look at Bam's first two seasons, they were somewhat better than Clint's, um, so maybe he can be a little better. He's not going to be a little better. He's a hell of a lot better already, okay? I mean, right now, third season where we, they were trying to dump we him out.
4: We were hoping Bam would be a rim runner and a rim protector. That's, that's what we it. were – that's what we point That guy. was his ceiling. Not yeah, exactly. Uh, he, <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does so many things. Clint. So many things. Clint Capella couldn't hope to do. Um. But like. I, but I still. I still think Clint Capella is a good player, a good center. Like Clint Capella next to Bam would actually be a very very interesting scenario. Oh yeah. um, That's a. The spacing would be an issue, but uh, a guy like that, a rim protector and a rebounder, a defensive presence in the middle next to Bam would be fun um we have to see bam shoot a little bit more from the perimeter right um than he does now but uh i, I yeah you, you you're the rockets want to be a contender but like you said that credit card bill came due and uh there's always a guy at the top that does that eventually decides they don't want to pay that anymore but usually you don't see you don't <clears throat> you don't see a guy like clink Capella being the casualty
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we thought that was an okay contract at the time like that that didn't look I mean it was it was expensive but it didn't look like a Bismack Biombo contract it didn't look like something that you know big that you were going to be looking to dump he looked like a player who still had some upside I didn't think he had a lot of upside but he had some upside and and he did seem like a modern big in some ways um but they've they've obviously decided no I, I look I don't like their chances anyway uh because I I think their backcourt uh, implodes when it matters, both of them. And and now they're going to do it together. So I, I, mean, I just – I don't see it.
4: Did you see last night where Austin Rivers apologized for getting a rebound at the end of the game because it lost yeah. James Harden in a triple-double?
2: Yeah, that's their. Team. That
4: encapsulates their entire. That, that,
2: that, 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 that's their team. They're not. Beating, I mean, we're seeing the Clippers tonight against the Heat. Um, they're not beating the Clippers in a playoff series, and I don't think they're beating the Lakers either. And I don't think that this one helped. All right, let's get to some Heat stuff. I know that that Alex has some wacky trade scenarios when he joins us this morning, but let's just talk about justice specifically. All right, because you know I did some exploration the past couple of days. Um, I can tell you there is some interest in him around the league now. I I was pretty clear on Twitter that just because there's interest in him doesn't mean the Heat are looking to move him okay so this happens all the time during the trade season where it's like oh these teams talked about this player well yeah but who is the team talking okay and that's I mean you can ask about anybody Uh, but I can say that there is some interest and this is relevant because he's a player who's still injured and there's no timetable on his return and there hasn't been a timetable and, and right now before they were saying two weeks and I told you that was just because they were putting people off. Now, after the two weeks, they're not saying anything. They're just, so I, I don't know when he's coming back. Um, and I don't know if other teams know, but I can tell you that at least one team uh, requests some, requested some medical information on him. Um, so there, there is interest and they're not the only team that has expressed interest. So there is some interest in him from around the NBA. Uh, so let's get back to the justice discussion. Yeah, can we get a hint? exactly what you would do uh about a team
3: um oh, can i ask you a question yes <laughs> if you don't like this well we could just take it out but does the first name of the team rhyme with flan like the like the hispanic pastry dessert whatever you want to call it
2: well let's take a river walk down to the next okay. part of this episode and, all right and, and and we'll discuss it uh i <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, you're onto it. Um, I'm so, This is why I was such a bad poker player. Like literally I used to host, <laughs> used to host poker games in my apartment, um, every week, uh, with Jason Jackson basically hosted it. He would take it over. Uh, and Sedona was here and Israel were here and others, others in sports media were here. And I literally lost every time we'd play, we'd play two $40 games and every time I was out 80 bucks and the pizza. So yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm so, so, so I, you know, I'm not uh, very good at this. Um, but anyway, there's a team that has requested some stuff on it and there are other teams that I have heard are interested. So let's go to you first, Alex, since, uh, since you decided to, uh, to, to butt in with, uh, with your, your Texas comments there would you uh, i mean what you're are making it less and less subtle I, I what, to what, what, what what are what are the circumstances in which you would deal uh deal justice winslow
3: see and that's exactly what I was going to ask you we we're, we're getting this chemistry going like the heat, but uh, we're in mid season form, but yeah, the thing with Winslow is like who is really worth trading him for at this point right because the thing i I think what I've come down to is that besides like a big name second scorer, like, I'm not even talking about uh, a Drew Holiday type or anything like that. A role player that th- that you can try to get right now. Like, who do they need? What do they need more at this point? A point of attack defender, a uh, three and four defender, or a big guy who can play defense, right? Like, what are you really trading him for at this point? Because I don't think Iguadala makes sense. Like, they're pretty much giving you more or less the same production. I think Winslow has a higher upside, and he obviously uh, – what do you call it, is like 23, 24. <laughs> so I just don't think that that's a move that makes a lot of sense unless you know he's not going to play for a long time. You get me? That's something that's a big factor here. But I just don't know what's worth trading him for. Like, I, I don't know that trading him for, I don't know, let's say some names that we've heard in the past mm-hmm. um, who are maybe who a lot of beat fans maybe see as questionable. I don't know if it's worth trading him for. Right, if it's not a two-way player who fits what the team is doing right now, if it's and it also if it's not somebody who really raced the ceiling of the team, like I, in my opinion, I think Drew Holiday raises it a little bit. Like I think more than a lot of Heat fans think. Like yesterday, I posed the question again about including Nunn and Winslow in a package for him, and a lot of people really didn't like. I'm like, first of all, the Pelicans wouldn't even like that for mm-hmm. the most part, and like people don't really understand that. It's more about a, a, a figuring out when is the time to strike at this point because I don't know if trading Winslow just for the sake of trading him makes a lot of sense.
2: All right, so, so let, let's get to this stuff rapid fire with you guys on this because uh, you, you hit on some things there I want to hit quickly. Uh, the first thing is, is, is this. Um, Kendrick, uh, well, well, okay, but let me ask you this question, Alf. If you could trade right now, if you're if you're if you're throwing someone into a package, okay, as uh, you know, maybe it's for a, a smaller type deal. We we're talking to Aguadala, Jay Crowder, you know, somebody along those lines. Covington was moved yesterday, so he's obviously off the table. But let's look at uh, if I was to say to you, you can trade right now, Justice Winslow or Derek Jones Jr. Alf, you trade who?
4: I would trade Derrick Jones Jr. And the only reason is not because, um. I value him more or less than Justice. I just feel like Justice's values at an all-time low mm-hmm. uh, because of the um, because of the injury issues. So if you're gonna, tr- I would, I just, I feel like Justice is worth more than what you're gonna get for him right now. So you're selling low on a player with a huge upside as far as an elite defender, secondary playmaker, uh, could be a starting point guard on a on a on a deep playoff team and you're going to be selling him for pennies on the dollar because of all the injury issues. Right now, Derrick Jones Jr. is probably at the height of his value. Um, so if you're going to get something for either of those guys, you're going to get more for Derrick Jones Jr. right now than you would for Justice Winslow. But
2: are you? here's, here's the only reason I would question that, and I'll throw this to Alex. I, I, I'm with you that he's the height of his value in terms of a player, but also he's a player you have to sign, right? So I'm wondering from another team's perspective, but that's an expiring. You, you, well, it's expiring for now, but if you're going to make it worthwhile, you're going to want to sign him, right? So, like, I guess the question is how invested is another team going to be in Derek Jones Jr.'s future and does another team – and this plays into it, guys. I, I think this gets underrated. Other teams are not as confident in their own development ability as the Heat are in theirs. So it's like when teams are making a trade for a Heat player, uh, it's, it's a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of teams recognize what they are and what they're not. And so there are some teams that may trade for a player and think, I don't know if we'll be able to get him to the same level that the Heat did or at least advance him in the same way that the Heat might have. I think that does come up at times. Um, I, I'm with you about Justice's value being at an all-time low. It's why I said the other day, this is dependent on whether you think you really want to contend this year because if you want to contend this year, you've got to get something out of that roster spot. You just do. Like, you can't have, you've got a dead roster spot in terms of playing with Udonis We've got a dead roster spot with Dion. It was tried. It didn't work. All right. They've made something out of the Olympic and James Johnson roster spots, but not a ton. Silva's not really ready to contribute regularly. So they've got a lot of dead roster spots. So that's why I said, if you're trying to compete this year, then you either got to get justice. You got to get something for justice. that's useful. If you don't think that this was really a championship type year anyway, or you don't think there's really a benefit to getting to say the Eastern conference finals instead of the second round, you don't think there's that much of a benefit. Then I think you, you hang tight Alex, do you see Derrick Jones Jr. as a core piece of the Heat
3: future? See, with my biases, I would like to think so because I would really hate to see Derrick Jones Jr. go despite everything. I really like watching him dunk. I still see like, oh, man, I still see all the potential with him more than I see like the negatives or the fact that they're really uh, – their offense just goes off a cliff when he gets in the game according to the numbers. Uh, like I still see the positives more with, with with, you know, with him than other guys of his level, right? Like I'm a little bit biased, but at the same time, I understand everything, right? Like I would probably agree with everything you guys just said there about, uh, the timing because of the contract. And it doesn't really make sense to sign him to potentially like a $12 million per year contract. If it even gets to that level, I don't think that makes sense for the heat to go with. And at the same time, it's like, yeah, I don't know how much his upside really is. Whereas Winslow is like, we know he gets to a higher level. We know that when he's healthy, he produces at a higher level on both ends of the floor than Derrick Jones Jr. does. So I, I definitely agree with you guys about he's the one that's, uh, that makes the most sense to be traded. But he's the funniest guy in the locker room, and I think it would really take away that part.
2: <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, that stuff matters. But they're gonna, That's part of this that is going to be complicated for them. Uh, and now with Myers Leonard getting hurt, too, and didn't make the trip. Is they have they have this really interesting chemistry mix in the locker room, and if they some of these pieces, it's like Heat fans are like, well, you should trade Myers; he's the last year of his contract, or maybe Derek's the guy to trade, and you don't know how that's going to ripple effect through a locker room. I, I've seen this happen, um, even 2013, 2014, uh, when they they well, obviously the Mike Miller amnesty, but but and nobody talks about the other one, Joel Anthony trade, right? Like Joel was not that useful a player to them anymore but he had started on a finals team. And I have told this story before, but I don't know if I've told it on this pod. So we were in in Georgetown in DC for shoot around. And the way it works at Georgetown is it, 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 the McDonough Hall is all the way in the damn back. Okay, it's nowhere near anything. So the buses come up and and I don't even think Uber was like a real big thing there five years ago. You'd have to tell me, I know Lyft wasn't, although our our guy here uh, knows a little more about that than I do. So I think we were looking for a taxi. And as we come out of shootaround, the woes report, we've just seen these guys in shoot around. And as we come out, the woes report comes out that Joel Anthony has been traded in a salary and ca- a luxury tax dump. And I guess LeBron had gone to sleep as soon as he got back to the hotel. So he didn't see it until right before the game. Um, that night that he gave up 73 to Washington. And I've never seen a more dour locker room. They were pissed. And so I think you have to take this stuff into consideration when you trade a player who's a core piece of your locker room chemistry, like Rio went in the tank after that, okay because he he and Joel were really close. I think you've got to consider it all right back to uh, Alf on this then uh, in two years, will DJJ be as good a player as justice has gotten to now because that's the age
1: difference
4: it- um man, that's a good question the uh where one thing I've seen is his three point has gotten better. It's still not great, but um, I mean Justice's best year as a thirty eight percent shooter. That's a good shooter. Uh, Will Justice ever get back to that? It didn't look like it at the beginning of this year, but we also know that he was dealing with some injury issues uh, the entire time. So um, the shooting, I could say, I I, I mean, looking at D J J, yeah, he could probably get to thirty eight percent, thirty six, maybe thirty five percent. Three point shooting, but the 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 difference between the two guys, Justice's, um, I don't know if he'll ever be the uh, the defensive player. Justice is just because Justice's instincts are out of out of this world, and will he ever develop into the playmaker Justice developed it into? One of the things that if you ever pay attention to Heat Twitter during a a, a, um, a Heat game is the the constant complaints about. Derrick Derrick Jones Jr's ball handling. Um mm-hmm. super athletic uh you know great offensive rebounder, very disruptive, very long, very good defender, very good in the zone, but one of the things uh about Derrick Jones Jr, he's great in the zone and he he does some man man to man things, but at the end of the day, uh the end of the game when you when you're just trying to lock up another team and you're going man, Justice Winslow is invaluable at that right. point. And, and, and also, and like I said before, the ball handling, he just, I don't know if he'll ever be the ball handler playmaker that justice is. If he's taken giant leaps in the last two, three years, but will he ever take that leap? Because ball handling is one of those things that either a guy has it or he doesn't. And right now, Derek Jones Jr. As as good as he is and
3: as valuable he is, he just doesn't have the ball handling side. I mean, honestly, that's never going to happen that is like so. That is further away than like the heat getting Giannis from happening. And like I said, I love <laughs> Derrick Jones Jr. Man, like having somebody who can dunk like that on a on a regular basis is underrated. Like, forget the analytics, man. Like this guy is just fun to watch. Like it well, reminds I, I, it well, brought me to basketball.
2: Well, also it also it gets the crowd into it too. I mean, I think I think some of it. You know, it, I think if you did, we should really do a statistical study on this. Like when he has one of those dunks. They always seem to be in the middle of runs, like it, at home, like it gets the crowd into it. And I think you're right. It is underrated because there are some situations where Goran Dragic, who's not the greatest lob thrower, they've some really good ones lately, or somebody else might get stuck, right? Like they, they're in the paint and they got stuck, but, oh, there's Derek soaring up above everybody. Like vertical spacing matters. And he provides that in a way that, you know, Bam's the other guy that provides it on this team.
3: So I, mean, I do think it matters. I, I agree with you. And again, this is why I see the positives with him or, and, and potentially how he could be uh, better used as a player, given his, his weaknesses, right? Because like he's such a, he can be such a good offensive rebounder. I think if he just like developed the dribble enough where he could just go down the lane, right? He doesn't need to be, I don't even think he needs to be near justice Winslow's caliber. Cause the thing with justice is it's more his passing ability and instinct. And than it is his ball handling. Cause even I've said in the past that justice is a good ball handler, but would be a, better served if he was a a great one because of his uh offensive deficiencies like he doesn't have a pull-up threat and i think like derrick jones jr is, is so far away from even where justice is that it's not even like worth talking about. i think the thing with djj is they don't really use him as a, as a paint guy anymore like he used to roll a little bit more i think in the beginning of the season and now he's just kind of used as a three and d guy but there's no three like he's gotten better at it i don't mind him taking the shots but there needs to be a threat of him like doing something in the paint. And I think that's when he looks really good when he gets out in transition, which obviously has been harder because they're not playing great defense, but also like he's not rolling to the rim as much. He's not cutting to the rim as much. He should do it more. I would like Mm -hmm. to see that because he's always playing next to shooters too.
2: Yeah, no doubt. All right. One more guy I want to get to with you is on the current team. And then I'm going to leave you guys to handle all of Alex's crazy trade Um, (laughs) requests to say my voice. And also because, uh, uh, you know, just, uh, uh I've got to go somewhere. So I'm going to let you guys get a look, but let, let's talk about Kendrick Nunn for a second, because I, I feel like, again, there's this disconnect. He's being thrown into every trade, uh, including by Alex. And he just won rookie of the month again. Uh, he's won rookie of the month for every month in the Eastern conference this year, October, November was combined December and now January. He's basically won for four months, although it counts as three. The most any Heat rookie has ever won for is Karan Butler for four. Um, and I feel like we – and he's on literally the best contract in the league. Okay? Like, not on the team. He's on the best – I mean, for, if, we, if we did this study, right? Like, he is in the best contract in the league. Like, they're not paying him anything for two years, and then they can, they can sign him over the cap with the bird rights which was brilliant by Andy and the entire organization, which means that they can, I mean, basically they have, they have a starting two guard for free, essentially. And we're all trying to trade him. I, what, I mean, we talk about justice all the time, but what would you trade Kendrick Nunn for? Yeah. That,
4: that's just Alex. I'm not,
3: <laughs> I'm not listen, listen, listen. Honestly, I don't want to my... be misrepresented here. I don't mean to interrupt you off real quick. <laughs> I don't want to be misrepresented here. I think Kendrick Nunn, has been a huge part of their success this year, and I would only trade him. And even then, like I would be a little bit hesitant. I would have to really like dig into the the numbers and projections. But right now, the only person that would trade him for on, that's on the market is Drew Holiday. And even then, is like like I said, I would be hesitant. I think Drew Holiday is really good, and he's not. None is ever going to get to that to defensive level that
1: Holiday is. And I think Holiday is already Ohio ready for some quick mental health facts. Let's go. Nearly two million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. At a similar level to where none is on offense. So I think
3: that's one guy that, that, that I'm like really tempted but I get why you would want to keep the cost-controlled asset. It makes a lot of sense, like you said. In the short term, he is probably the best contract in the league, given the production he's giving you, and and it's pretty steady at this point. Like he's not really up and down. Great shooter, like he he can, you know, speed past big guys to the rim. He's he's good.
4: Man, we saw how much they missed him when he missed a few games. So yeah, um, <clears throat> and that, and that's the thing. Uh, there's a lot of deals out there that, uh, that uh, the Heat Twitter and people are talking about, and I just don't see how a lot of them move the needle, unless you're talking about, like, Drew, like the Drew Holiday thing, to me, is super interesting, right? I would give up, you know, maybe a Goran Dragic and a Justice Winslow for a Drew Holiday. Um, I would give up a Kendrick Nunn uh, for a Bradley Beal. Those kind of deals, I understand why you would just unload some of your assets where you feel like it's a win-now move, like you were talking about earlier. But a lot of these other deals, where people talk talking about Robert Covington, Trevor Ariza, um, <laughs> I'm not trading any of our any of the any of the Heat's young assets for any of those guys. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It has to be something that 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 gives them a win now, uh, gives them a win now chance. And the problem, one of the problem is, problems is like you said, Ethan, the guys at the Heat, uh, the assets that other people want they're so cheap. Yeah. The best players on the heat are really cheap. So to get the, to get some of these guys in the league that people want that are making 18, 19 million a year. Now you have to throw in salary, quote unquote filler. And who right. out of, out of the guys that make over 12 million on the heat, who do other teams want? They're going to want Goron Dragic or or Myers Leonard guys who are expiring deals and guys who are actually valuable to the team. So you're gonna end up having to send three, four players back for one guy, and then the Heat are close to whatever that cap apron. I'm not a capologist or whatever, so it's gonna leave you back where you started, where you're at 13, 14 players, and you can't get to your 15, your, your full 15 man roster. So this thing is like a lot more complicated than people than people make it out to be, and it's. Because I
3: think it's the, Heat, think, uh, the uh, Heat's the uh, Heat's biggest assets, like said, you said, are like, cheap. Was, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, man, but the, the Leif uh, keeps saying like. And I think it's something to to really focus on is that they can really like with Ellisburg, they don't really got to worry about like those secondary things. Like I'm pretty sure they have, like if they were to go through with some of these trades, they would have those kinds of things figured out. Like you can throw in some of these guys who are making 800 K a year uh, to make the roster spots work. But yeah, uh, go ahead. Well, 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 I was
2: told, Alex, that, um, that the Jimmy Butler transaction, uh, the way that was done to get it in, uh, uh, the two people in the league told me that was the most complicated uh, major trade transaction that they'd seen in a long time that was executed in about 15 minutes. So, I, <laughs> I, I, you know, and at some point, I'll give everybody the details on, them when on that when I have them completely. But I have uh, a lot of confidence, like you said, in their ability to offload. If they need to offload. Uh, with that being said, I, I think we have to look seriously at a guy like Kendrick Nunn. And, you, and look, Alf is right. I mean, there's his contract's so small that there's all these other parts that you have to do to get there. It's kind of like when you're playing blackjack, right? And and you you dealt a low card at first, right? And then it's like, okay, so so when you start hitting with the other cards, you know, there's a chance. You know, you, you you if you're if you're dealt a three at the beginning, right? You start hitting, and eventually you're gonna, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're going to go over, right? Like, I mean, I feel like that's what it is with some of these trades things because some of the Heat players are just not easily tradable because, like I said, they're, they're on really low deals. But I, I think this is one more question, and, and then I, I'm going to let you guys handle the second spot of this. In 15 seconds or less, they are roughly the same age now. Okay, so we've talked about Justice Winslow's age for so long. Who is the better player when healthy right now? Justice Winslow or Kendrick Nunn? Alex. Oof, who is better right
3: now? Who is more right productive now. in this sec? I mean, it's Kendrick Nunn. If, if healthy, if healthy, if healthy. I, I still got to say it's Kendrick Nunn. Like, as much as I love Justice, we need to see if he goes back to the level that he's been at for the past season and a half, two seasons, whatever you want to say. Like, I do believe that he'll get back to that level, but who knows uh, how long it takes. And I'm just talking about, like, the, you know, the polish with the, with the spot-up shooting, uh, the pick-and-roll offense. And elite defense, like the combination of all of those things, and maybe uh, finishing at the rim, like that would, I think, put hit him over the top of none. he's um, a better player right now.
4: I would, if you're talking about fully healthy, I'm still going to go with Justice, and it's it. And my sole reason is because Justice is the kind of guy who's going to close games for you, and I don't know if Kendrick Nunn is going to close a lot of games just because. Yes, offensively, he is. He can create his own shot. He's really good. But closing games uh, defensively, he there are times where he is just – he's a big hole in that defense. Justice Winslow, fully healthy, 38% uh, three-point shooter, can create his, his own shot. We've watched him close games. We've watched him go toe-to-toe with Kawhi Leonard at the end of a, the Raptors game. So, like, it, we, we've seen what Justice can do to close games. He's actually really good. The problem is, it's honestly not a fair question to Kendrick Nunn because Kendrick Nunn is available and Justice mm-hmm. Winslow is not. Right. So it's, yes, we can talk about the hypotheticals, but right now Kendrick Nunn has missed what two games the entire season, mm-hmm. and Justice Winslow has missed like thirty. So,
2: yeah, it, it, and it doesn't matter how. That's what I'm saying. I mean, Justice has been you know quote unquote developing in the heat system for all this time. <clears throat> Kendrick Nunn was bouncing around. Like I said, they're the same age. So you have to evaluate them from where they are right now. We talk about all the time about how old Kendrick is and how young Justice is. <laughs> they're, 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 they're less than a year apart, right, at this stage. So I think it's a fair question. Um, I would go with Justice also, like you said, because we've seen him close. But right now, I don't think there's a lot of trust inside the organization that he's always going to be healthy or available. And I think there's more trust in Kendrick
3: right now. And, and Before you go, can I ask you something? Mm-hmm. If you had to bet money, obviously, don't. It, this doesn't need to be a prediction, but if you had to bet money on one or the other, of uh, will Justice Winslow be available on a regular basis in the playoffs for the Heat, what would you put your money on? No. Oh, man. You see, that's what I – I knew that you were going to tell me that, and this will be good content.
2: Yeah, this will be good. All right, so we'll get to that. The other thing that you guys are going to get to – That's not good. Uh, well, I, I think that's where we're at. Like, there's no update. Um One thing you guys are going to get to here uh, is guys like Drew Holiday, LaMarcus Aldridge, and who's worth it, right? Because we talked about San Antonio. Clearly, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is there for the taking, I think, but it it depends what the offer is going to be. But before we get to that, I want to tell you about another great sponsor, the Five Reasons Sports Network. You see all those Uncle Sams and Lady Liberties twirling their signs out there. That can mean only one thing. It is tax season, but instead of losing your hard-earned cash to companies that hide behind a costume or DIY software that specializes in headaches – give Palacio, Palacio, and Zimmerman a call. PPZ has been providing premium accounting and tax services to clients for over 25 years. They'll make the filing process simple through close one-on-one support and maximize your return using their exceptional expertise. So if you're ready to file, call 305-595-0303. Again, that's 305-595-0303. Or visit ppzllc.com. That's ppzllc.com. Alex, go with your trade
3: scenarios. Listen, before you go, yes or no, are any of those guys worth it? The Spurs guys, Drew Gallup. I'll let you discuss. Oh,
2: have fun. Have fun. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and
4: we're back. I'm actually going to let you control a lot of this uh, segment because. Oh God. I think no, because I think everyone knows how I feel about all these trade scenarios, trade talk, the the entire just the entire thing where I'm just like, come like, I just would rather talk about the games. You know, you know how I am about this stuff, man. It's trade deadline week, man. It's not like I know, I know, like this is the time. I know transactions are fun, man. I know, I I, I get it, but um, I, I. I just feel like there's so much speculation. I feel like the Heat are doing nothing. They're not. <laughs> I just. I don't. I feel like the Justice Winslow injury has blown up any any trade scenarios. Um, I don't feel like they're willing to get rid of Derek Jones Jr. and those are the two guys right now. That when you look at them, um, you would say that those are going to be main parts of a trade package, unless they, unless, like I said, unless it's Bradley Beal, Victor Oladipo, so like one of these shoot. And Bradley Beal, I don't think he can be traded to the summer anyway. So unless it's one of these huge trade packages, I just think, I think they stand firm. They hope Justice comes back. And then when Justice comes back, if he does, which right now I, we just heard what Ethan said, I feel like it's hugely in doubt. But Justice coming back is exactly what they need. I mean, that's, they would be trading for a Justice Winslow type player. Um, so with Justice injured, I just don't feel like they have the assets to make a really um, a really significant trade. And the Derrick Jones Jr. thing, we can keep – I just – same thing with Derrick Jones Jr. I just don't know if the rate of, the, the rate of return on, on Derrick Jones Jr. is worth it at this point. And then you have Myers Leonard, who just got hurt right before the trade deadline, with, who had an expiring contract, who would be attractive. And then you have Goran Dragic, who they need. They need that, that scoring punch off the bench. They can't just they can't just get rid of Dragovich in a move that doesn't net them something huge in return. And I don't know what that's going to get them. So, what are your trade scenarios? Who who do you want so badly?
3: So listen, I think this is a pretty good conversation about because it's very emblematic of like what's going on with Heat Twitter right now in the trade deadline. As it you know, it's tomorrow at three, and um, it's very much like a like a what's your. Wh- what's your way of approaching this type of conversation? Because you're saying that it's not worth making a fringe move, especially if it involves trading justice. And even if it involves trading DJJ, Whereas, like me, I really don't want to see either of those two guys go. I really like both of them really like, you know, I I think they could be really good role players next to good players like Jimmy and Bam uh, when they're healthy and if they're kind of empowered the right way. But at the same time, uh, if they're really trying to compete, I think it makes a lot of sense to to check out those avenues because it's obvious at this point. But what avenues? Not, that's that's the thing. What are the avenues? Who are the guys? The
4: the guys that the guys that everyone's looking for are, are making fifteen eighteen million dollars a year,
3: right? No, so but I think there's different tiers to it at this point. I think that's what I was in that's that's what I was going to get to is that it depends on what type of guy you're trying to get. Where it's like I I, I kind of get always looking at it. Like I'm still not opposed at all. To just keeping it as is, because again, the main thing to me with that approach is that you have so many cost-controlled assets that it's good to have that flexibility, especially in spite of what's happened the past few seasons, where it looked like they had little to no flexibility before everything transpired the way it did this summer. But to me, the thing is, is like, if you're, let's say, you're prioritizing, bam, hero, uh, obviously Jimmy, you're not going to trade away Duncan Robinson. Uh, maybe none is like almost there, but he's kind of like. Oh, maybe available for the right guy obviously that hasn't been reported anywhere but what we do know is those other guys that I just mentioned have kind of, kind of have been reported and uh like even I'm not even really talking about trading Kendrick nor Justice Winslow at this point because like I said I would be hesitant to trade them for pretty much anybody not named Drew Holiday like I was trying to see what Ethan thought about trading them for that type of caliber of player or one of the Spurs guys or, or Danilo Gallinari who everybody seems to want
4: for the heat well, Gallinari is interesting, but what do you have to get? Like, let's say it's a de- – and here's the thing, right? <laughs> and this is what Heat fans do, and Heat fans are famous for throwing a Deion Waiters or a James Johnson in one of these trades where why, Where you have to ask yourself, why would the other team do that, right? So to get uh, – uh, Gallinari makes, what, $18 million, $19 million a year right now? I'm not sure,
3: but basically so, the idea would be just to throw those in a salary filler both uh, then why, secondary why, to the to the to whatever else you're giving that has more value, like a justice or D J J. And like I said, I'm not really with the Gallinari thing because I think defense is a problem for them more than getting a four who can score. I think. I just don't I just don't understand why O K C would do that. The
4: guys that you're going to have to throw in as far as salary quote unquote filler are going to be Goran Dragic or Myers Leonard. And Myers Leonard right now just had a, the ankle injury, so I don't know if that's viable. And I don't know why. Unless you're getting a big man back, I mean, and I know that I know that there's fans that that don't like Myers, um, but
3: who else are you playing at the five for that many minutes a game? I think something you got to consider here, and I, again, I'm not really somebody that's floated around Myers at all in any of these scenarios, and I have something dropping uh, later today about this, and I'm not going to do a trade scenario article. It's going to be organized, kind of into tiers, like what I'm talking about here. But what I'm what I'm going to say right now is, is it worth it to trade one of those guys? like Justice, DJJ, and Salary Filler for one of the calibers that we're talking about. I think the context here is important. All three of these teams, New Orleans, San Antonio, uh, OKC, they're all – the, are they all in the same – no, they're not in the same division, but they're all in the West, and they're all going for that eighth seed right now in the Western Conference, and I think they're all trying to uh, recoup some but young ha- stuff while also getting guys who can help you in the, in the moment. Like, that's been reported. But, had, exactly, but so who helps them? Who, who helps them? just him said it. Dragic, Kelly, I think those guys can put, can be solid players in the rotation. Like, Chris Paul, they would still have Chris Paul and, and Shea. I think if you if you just give them, like, a multitude of guys, they can actually play while also being able to sell to the fans. Look, we got some more guys, like, uh, who we can stockpile with this young core because Chris Paul is not going to stay there for – uh you know after his contract is up like he might be done after that they're they're going to be moving on and they're not in any rush to acquire young pieces because they have so many picks but at the same time uh Gallinari is like somebody they could cash in on. I'm not even in on Gallinari like that really but what I I, I was just going to say to you do you not think it's worth it to to go after like a fringe player if you're talking not including Justice or DJJ in a trade well, I mean,
4: we can talk about it all, all we want, but if you're, if you're not including Justice or DJJ, I don't see why anybody would do it. That's my whole thing. I don't see you, – you're, you're unwilling to part with Kendrick Dunn or Tyler Hero, uh, of course, right? Those, are the, those guys, they better net you an, a superstar. Um, Justice Winslow, if you're a team like San Antonio that's trying to make the eighth seed, I don't know how a guy who might not play this year is an attractive piece. I also don't see how you include a guy like Goran as salary filler when he's scoring 16 points a game for you off the bench. So that, that, that's my whole thing right now. I just don't see where – I don't see any big pieces moving, and then the fringe pieces are going to cost you too much because your guys don't make a lot of money. Like I said before, the, the salaries – in the NBA, the salaries have to match. And I like Kelly O'Linick is an interesting prospect, right? That's the one where you might see somebody say, "Well, Kelly O'Linick, You could see a Greg Popovich saying, "I could use Kelly O'Linick. Kelly Kelly seems like a kind of guy that uh, Popovich feels could fit in his system. But what else has to go with Kelly to
3: to to get any kind of return? Do you do Kelly You're Just talking and, about like a fringe role player, not even somebody of a high level. Maybe somebody what, like a Trevor Ariza. What if you do like? Okay, obviously I'm just thinking off the top of my head here, but what if you do like Kelly a second and maybe something else for Jay Crowder and another piece from the Grizzlies not named? They're not going to do that. No one's going to do that, they're, man. Like getting a free second and they're not really losing any like Kelly, from from Jay Crowder and Kelly's not going to make a difference because they have their core. Like Jay Crowder's not Making a difference for them in their rotation, so if that guys, was the kind of deal, deal you're talking about, and a free second round pick. But that's what I'm trying to post to you. Post to you. If that's the kind of if that's on. the
4: kind of deal you're talking about, I'm in, I'm I'm all in, right? If that's the kind okay. of deal you're talking, if you you're saying Kelly second rounder for Jay Crowder because Jay Crowder, uh,
3: basically a three and D guy. Uh, Who hasn't shot well this year? Because he's like thirty percent from three. But you hope that you know he's not going to be the only shooter in the lineup, so there's not pressure on him to hit a bunch of threes. And he could just move laterally better than Kelly can. Um,
4: now that 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 completely. And you also then that means you have to hope that Chris Silva can play some backup
3: five minutes. Um, yeah, and he's he, rough with the rebounding, man. It, they give up so many offensive rebounds when he's in the game. Like it's it's yeah. really bad. Like way worse rates than than Myers or Kelly but you're also and you're not playing Kelly Olynyk that much
4: anyway so I, I, a move like that i could see i could i i could i would side off on something like that but a lot of these other trade scenarios oh, see early morning podcasts, man yeah i'm over here <laughs> on the
3: opposite i i just came from playing basketball in the gym and i and i i had one of those sports energy drinks earlier so i'm still a little bit amped up from that yeah i just woke up stop bragging I mean giving me any control uh, of any trade segment at this point is like giving Dion just the ball and be like all right come come back and win a game and win a playoff series I thought you were gonna say giving Dion
4: something else and I was (laughs) gonna
3: no that would have the opposite effect
4: um (laughs) but yeah so I think we're kind we're in agreement on this where I I honestly I don't see the heat making any moves I just I think the Justice Winslow injury kind of blew up Any chance of them making doing anything significant because I I don't see them selling low on Justice Winslow when they they have him under control for another year. He could have a bounce back year next year, and by the trade deadline next year, he can net you something. I don't see them doing anything with DJ with Derek Jones Jr., he just doesn't make enough money. And you would have to include, but again, his impending free agent man, like they got to deal with that. Like that's that's coming. Whether you're gonna, are you gonna, are you gonna give up,
3: are you gonna give up Goron? to get to get off of DJJ like and, but do you do you have to like i don't think DJJ is somebody that you have to attach another valuable player to get off of what him are you going to get back to- Derrick Jones junior makes no money again we uh, but again like there's plenty of, like, role players that don't make much of a difference, like a Jay Crowder type. Jay Crowder is not the 3 and D guy he used to be when he played for, like, the Celtics or whatever. Uh Like, somebody of that level where they're not – they're kind of almost inconsequential in the sense that they're back-end rotation players. I think they can make that type of deal if they're really, really looking for it. They would have to include that second-round pick they have. But, uh, I, mostly, I, But uh like, what if you did something like – I feel like the only, only trade scenario we've agreed on is – DJ J and Kelly O'Lenick for Jay Crowder. <laughs> so what if you expanded it to like uh I don't know, DJ J, Kelly, even like K Z in a second, and then you get Iguodala, Jay Crowder, and somebody else back who's like kinda young. Would you do a trade like that? Where you're kind of yeah, mixing I mean, it up. Yeah, I would do that, that. Affecting too much, but you're kind of balancing out the roster a little bit more. I, I mean I would do that. I just
4: uh, I'm I'm just uh kind of skeptical. Of uh, Memphis taking on a guy with two more years, and that's—I I d- don't think the
3: money makes sense. I mean, like they're not gonna be in the free agent game. I think and not, not for the next couple of years at least until they start making real noise in the playoffs. Like they're really, really young still. Obviously, they're ahead of schedule because of Ja and Jaron Jackson and the other guys they have doing well. But like, I don't think that's a big deal for them at this point. And they have a good—they have a good relationship with the Heat front office. But like at this point, it's like, what about what about you? Do you feel like? Are you in on a higher caliber move, like some like a like a decent four? I, like I'm really in on Marcus Morris, or would you be in on a a, a Aaron Baines type, or you know another big? Or
1: yeah, but what, is, what is, is it, does it, how it how does cost? Suppose
3: it's you to organize this? Because we only have a couple minutes left. Rank one through four. Because I know you don't really want to make a trade in, but what would you prioritize? This is the interesting part to me. Uh, getting a, a higher end guy like Gallo or one of the Spurs guys. Uh, two, uh, going for another role big, like Aaron Baines or somebody of his caliber three going for a combo four like a Marcus Morris or four going for these guys. We're just talking about right now that are lower end rotation players. If you had to make a trade or at least maybe even two trades, I'm not restricting you to one. Like what was, what would be your priority? I mean,
4: my priorities would first be a guy like Marcus, Marcus Morris. Um, Finally, somebody that's on this with me. I No, like, yeah, a guy who uh, uh, a a player a, 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 a three slash four who can defend the perimeter, who can shoot a little bit, like a three and D guy is who I really would like to see the Heat pick up. Secondly, would be an Aaron Baines type, somebody that you compare uh, yes. a, a rim protector that you compare next to Bam, um, who can shoot. and who can shoot a little bit, right? Um, just because. You need you need somebody to pair with Myers Leonard and Myers as as much as we love Myers there there's not we're, we can't just sit here and say that there's no upgrade over Myers available there are guys out there um, and then after that it would be the fringe guys and then I remember your fourth one but <laughs> <That's> <laughs> to it. me you, you handled it to me it's three and D guys first and then it's uh um it's inside presence an uh, Aaron Baines type. But I just I don't see it happening because I don't see the heat willing to part with the kind of assets that'll get you there. Um, But okay, so that's our trade episode. If anything big happens, we will come back and we will do another episode, uh, maybe a quick 5, 10, 15 minutes. Um, I don't think we're going to have to do one. I'm in Atlanta right now. Ethan's moving around. Alex probably has to go to sleep because he's been working all night. No, (laughs) I didn't even work. But uh, but if anything happens, we will have another episode. Um, Thank you guys for listening, and we are out.
0: Thank you for
2: listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.